0: Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. Doing great. Awesome. It's great to see your faces. Two weeks out from the Super Bowl, we just finished the conference championships. This is the Shovel Pass Podcast. I'm Nick Sawyer, and this week I'm actually only here with uh, two of my fellow speakers, Will Sawyer and Chris Heim. Phil is missing. Too bad, man. This this yeah. was a good week. It would have been nice to have all four of us, but we will carry the torch for him and make up for his lack of interest in showing up for this podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, I will do the honorable thing and double my intense uh, dislike of Rogers uh, just for Phil. <laughs> uh, I'll make up for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, uh, Newsflash: Rogers is out of the playoffs already.
1: Doesn't matter. Still relevant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh it's there's ne- there's never enough dunking on rogers to go around no
1: it's never too much speaking of so much. dunking
0: on people i gotta say i enjoyed this week uh i i or in the last couple days i've enjoyed um everybody dunking on jackson mahomes
1: oh man <laughs> <He's>, i can't get <laughs> yeah. enough of that
0: he's like the favorite social media star for everybody to just all <laughs> nfl fans to collectively dunk on at once
1: TikTok has been a bane of my existence as a Steelers fan because it's gotten in the way of Juju and Claypool. <laughs> it's just
0: not done any good
1: for us, but it's nice to see the uh, hatred of TikTok in the NFL redirected away from my beloved Pittsburgh and towards Jacksonville. Claypool's on TikTok? Oh yeah, 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 He's he's no. he's uh he's he streams too, but like he does some goofy stuff on TikTok every once in a no, while. No. Uh, he I remember he called out the Browns. I think that went on TikTok like last year after they uh, okay. lost to the Browns in the playoffs. So he's a bit of a fool, but it's nice. I'll seeing, be honest. Uh,
0: I'll be honest. I'm I'm not on TikTok. Me neither. I don't I don't know I don't know what it's about because we're about sixteen um,
1: years old. That's why we're the only thing <laughs> I know
0: about it is that people like to throw up. These goofy little dances, and and somehow that makes them popular. So, yeah. um, yeah. Anyways, all I I was seeing today was, you know, thank you, Cincinnati. Now we, now the Jackson Mahomes, (laughs) now we can stop (laughs) seeing Jackson Mahomes. (laughs) Stop
2: giving him a platform.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Funny stuff. All right. Well, why do, again, a hell of a weekend. Like, I, I feel like, each weekend, I mean, I feel like we've been spoiled, but it's unbelievable to me how many games uh, this year in the playoffs have come down to the last play of the game or gone to overtime. I mean, short of those two jokes, you know, the the joke that is expanding the playoffs and, and letting those two seven seeds in just to get killed, uh, you know, every, game, every single every game. game has been close. Yep.
1: What's been amazing about this season as well is, I don't know if you guys agree or not, but I personally found that this has been one of the best years of football I've seen in many, many years. It's been a long time since I can remember enjoying an entire regular season as much as I did this past 2021. And I can't remember enjoying a playoff season more than I've enjoyed this season. It's been unbelievable. We've been spoiled as fans going back to the divisional round, even some wild card games, but especially conference championship weekend. Unbelievable football played all around. Excellent quarterbacking, uh, and the great thing was, I mean, what I find so compelling is that this was the first year in a long time where it was almost difficult as the year went on to kind of figure out who the power was. Like you had, you had people saying, you know, Kansas for a bit. Like towards the end of the season, after a slow start, they kind of heated up, but then we saw the inconsistency of in Mahomes this season, which played a played a role in their loss to Cincinnati, but. It's just been such a great season for in unpredictability and just who's gonna win who's gonna come out on top like this is the first year in a long time where I had absolutely zero clue who would do what each week to the point where I, I don't bet anyways but if I, I couldn't even think of betting I couldn't even uh, advise it was hard. anyone
0: it was, yeah, hard. It was such I'm not a good lie. season I do I, I bet I gamble every week and it was tough um, but I agree with you it was up and down the whole season. The power rankings for this season. I bet if you look back at everybody's power rankings this season, Mm -hmm. they were vastly different. Yeah, it was a yo-yo, right? It was it was the teams you had at the top in the first five weeks are completely different than the teams you had at the top five weeks later.
1: Absolutely. And completely different from the teams at the
0: very end, right? I mean the cream kind of rose to the top, right? But at the beginning of this and the Niners started three and five. Kansas City started slow. They lost a bunch of Games they shouldn't have and and weren't kill you know yeah. weren't really taking control of of their season early on.
1: Um, and I don't think anyone thought the Bengals were more than a, a all pun intended paper tiger for the entire season until the playoffs. I don't think anyone expected them to get this far, except for Joe Burrow and the people in cincy <laughs> But besides that, I don't think anyone who looks at analytics considering they had the worst. No, the people in worst... Cincinnati
0: didn't expect this either.
1: I, when I Sorry, I meant the people <laughs> in the building in Cincy, the people in the Bengals <laughs> yeah. organization. I think they're the only people who believe it because Joe Burrow seems like the kind of guy who just by sheer force of charisma and will, very much like a Tom Brady, very much like a Peyton Manning, elevates those around him and just says, you know what, fuck it. I'm dragging us kicking and screaming forwards. And Joe Burrow, what I love about him, especially this, uh, this playoff series, I think he's thrown a pick in every game he's played in the playoffs this season, but he's been unreal otherwise. And even if he does throw a pick, you could make an excuse for it. Like the one against uh, Kansas, it was an excellent play. A little late uh, of a throw, a little too far behind towards the sideline. Good play by the defender. But all all the picks he threw so far this playoff uh, playoff run, they were they were all shots. Like they were, they were never scared picks. They were never, I'm just getting rid of this to the flat and a D-line and picks it off like a free play or something like that. It's always him taking a shot down the field and it's a pretty good shot too. It's a smart play. It's always him doing something that, that, like, is courageous,
2: which is why I'm such a fan of Joe
0: Cool. <laughs> he's a modern-day Brett Favre, it, is what you're saying. He,
2: I know, he has ultimate confidence. Uh, I forget I which it. reporter so cool. he was talking to at one point, and, uh And he, with all seriousness, said, oh, yeah, if you put me on an NBA court, I, I could put up 12 to 15 points a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All seriousness. Like 15 points a game. That that's that's not just oh, like a good player, that's an oh, excellent that's six, player. That's, that's like a, that's twenty million dollars a, a year. Yeah. Yeah. And an year, year. he's just like, six Yeah, I, I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. No problem. <laughs> I, <but> that, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's the so swagger that he brings to the Cincinnati Bengals. There is nothing he believes he cannot do. And so yeah. when it comes to going up against the Chiefs. There's people who would be intimidated by that, who'd be nervous about, can I, can I go toe to toe with them? Oh, I went, I go down. What was it, twenty-one to three in the first half, and like, how do you come back against Kansas yeah. City? Oh no,
0: Patrick Mahomes is kicking my ass, right?
2: In Kansas, yeah. this, this there's the no
0: Chiefs fear. Te- yeah.
1: The Chiefs are a team <laughs> who are infamous for mounting comebacks in the playoffs, multiple double-digit comebacks, and yet here comes Joe Burrow says, no, you know what? I'm the ki- the king of cool here. I'm the one who's going to do a double-digit playoff in Kansas, not Pat Mahomes. I thought it was such an unbelievable performance. I loved watching Joe Burrow play, and as a Steelers fan, you can see in the background here for uh, for the eventual video release of this podcast. But but as a Steelers fan, like I'm such a big admirer of Lamar and now Joe Burrow. Like it's just going to be such a fun division to watch, but. Joe Burrow is.
0: Just constantly- You're very magnanimous. That's, I was letting you go. I didn't want to interrupt because yeah. I just thought it was hilarious that a Steelers fan is waxing poetic about Joe Burrow well, and the Bengals. I,
1: I, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate greatness. Like I appreciate. Uh, I find it. I find it. This is going to sound strange. I find it beautiful. So well, like, good I appreciate. For you. I appreciate when a player is great and dares to be great. Which was my criticism of Rogers last weekend. He never <laughs> dared to be great. He
2: never oh, took the Joe on. Burrow shots. Not last come week.
0: Come on. He goes Not, deep. He just doesn't screw up when he goes deep. You just need a quarterback to throw a couple deep picks, and then you start loving him. That's Rodgers it, just throws deep. <laughs> he throws funny. deep, but all he throws is touchdowns.
1: Just throw it deep, baby. That's all we need. We need some more Brett Favre. <laughs> I, I, just, I just love watching Joe Burrow play. And like that, that game was such a great microcosm of the Bengals season where you know they started off promising on that first drive. They only put up three, but they were threatening to score and even the game at seven. And then they get into a little bit of slump, the defense finally
0: they got waxed up. in the first half. They looked terrible. I know, know, but
1: what I'm saying is, the first drive, they were yeah. they were driving, uh, okay. they were they were threatening to tie the game yeah. up. They looked good first drive. Yeah. But then they kind of started falling apart a little, and then everyone thought, okay, we know what the Bengals are. We've seen this. We've seen this. Uh, you know, uh, this this team been the same since Boomer Esaias, and this quarterback. They just right. can't do much. Right. But all of a sudden, like the narrative just shit. Like Burrow just says, you know what? We're going to change the narrative. They get a few placements. Oh, defense. see,
0: okay, all right, stop. stop. I disagree. I just the reason I say that. Burrow. You're telling tribut- me it was all Burrow. I'm not. It was no, no. not.
1: The reason I attributed to Burrow is the same reason I attribute so many. Like when you when you watch Tom Brady win. Okay, so I'm not gonna make a comparison between Burrow and Tom Brady just yet. Because I, I, I've ruled <laughs> yeah, that cool out. Your a few weeks there, but my point is this: when you see greatness and g- truly great players who have the potential to be generational talents. Even if they're not the ones making the plays, they always seem to be on teams that have those like really convenient plays, right? even if they're not on the field. So how I look at that is the presence of this player in your organization. It's not just what you see on Sunday. It's what you don't see for 365 days a year. Joe Burrow it has changed the, the identity and the soul of the Bengals. They have teeth now. They <laughs> okay. have claws now. So what I'm saying is, If you pick another quarterback on that roster, I don't think you can motivate. I don't think just any other quarterback can motivate a team who's down by that many points to win the game. Well, they also have
0: a new head coach, Zach Taylor. You're going to give him a little credit.
1: Six and eighteen before Burrow came, or something like that. Like
0: he was on the way
1: out before Burrow came. Burrow saved his tenure. Burrow saved. He was like Joe. uh, Sorry, yeah, he was like six and what sixteen? I think uh, Zach. uh, What's his face? Or maybe even worse. He was, he was not a good coach the first two years. He didn't have he had a, a single-digit win record his first two years in Cincinnati. There's a How reason long has he, he been
0: pick. in Cincinnati?
1: He was there two years before Burrow. This is his fourth season. He was on the way out if it wasn't for Burrow. If Burrow didn't Three. hit...
0: He was not on his...
2: 2019
0: way. was his first... Uh, Taylor's up. Was, so yeah. his third season. Okay. Yeah.
2: But yeah. he's anyways, what what I wanted to jump in and yes, and say go will is, take, take a breather there, Chris. <laughs> yeah, for me, what um what was the X factor? like Burrow is burrow and 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 I feel like he was largely the same player throughout the game. and I, and I understand you can make a case that he's had a cultural impact on the Bengals. They never believe that they're out of a game because they have him. And it's him and Jamar Chase and Mixon coming back into the fold and and them getting this kind of swagger about them.
0: Don't forget but, Shooter McPherson.
2: <laughs> oh, he's right.
0: And, yeah, McPherson
2: <laughs> is awesome. I love that
0: guy. Um,
2: you're right. But for me, what changed that game was defense coming out after half and just locking it down. They changed their entire demeanor coming out after half and you have to give their defensive staff, their their coaches and their players so much credit for coming out and just doing their job. All of a sudden they were getting, they they made their adjustments in the first half. They weren't playing as much. Uh, they weren't dropping eight men nearly as much. They realized those were the plays that Mahomes was struggling with. So all of a sudden the second half, they started dropping eight all the time and they were rushing three guys and still getting pressure. So those guys stepped up their game because they weren't getting the same pressure in the first half. So they both increased their pressure and increased their coverage. And Mahomes looked lost all of a sudden trying to find men downfield. How many coverage sacks did they have where Mahomes four. was scrambling for his life? And Yeah, they
0: had four sacks and you got to think those four were coverage sacks. I don't think, I don't think they got to him on time. Once yeah. I think all of those were Mahomes standing back there, and he had enough time to throw it, he just didn't, he couldn't get rid of I the think ball. A, I
1: think a part of that is to touch on uh Mahomes' inconsistency this season again. Um, we saw the slow start the Chiefs came out to, and I, I think on the podcast I came out and said, uh, I thought most of that was Mahomes' fault, he just didn't look like the same quarterback. Not to say that he wouldn't get out of it, but just in that stretch of games, he wasn't performing to his abilities. And it seemed uh, in this championship game, like we would see the Mahomes of old, vintage Mahomes, who just goes and gets you to the Super Bowl. He's, he's going to make the plays. He looked like that for the first half. I think he was like 18 for 21 in the first half. He was something absurd like that. Um, very much in line with his, his first two weeks uh, in the playoffs. But in the second half, the defensive adjustments definitely slowed him down. Uh, but I found that he was also playing... Less confident in a lot of ways. Like once he got sacked a couple times, once the other covers dropping off, he held on the ball too long. I don't know if it's the, if it's his fault, if it's Corner's fault, if it's Andy Reid's fault. Well, but so they didn't call enough intermediate plays. I don't think. They yeah, should have, here's what they I of counter that.
0: I don't think in the second half they ran the ball enough. I think 100%. they. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and watch the film. I'm gonna watch the coach's film on this. So I'm kind of speaking off the cuff here, but it appeared to me that they were. They were running plays that took too long to develop, and he's sitting back there waiting and running around. And that's why the the three-man rush was getting to him. I don't feel Hmm. like it should have been that hard. Like Mm -hmm. You should have been running plays to get the ball out of his hands quickly and not having him do those deep dropbacks and trying to throw the ball down the field. Now, the other part of it I do want to put on Mahomes because I feel like Mahomes sometimes, and it, it looked like this, this in this game, he, he he feels too comfortable or he's too, um, I don't know, I guess it, it almost looks like he's trying to extend plays and throw those off-schedule patterns and, and run around and create something. It's, um, so, I look, this is the best quarterback we've seen this early in his career probably ever. So there's, there's, there's only so much you can critique and I, I don't know that any of us is in the position to be too hard on him. I mean, he's a generational talent, but it appeared in this game, like there was a little too much running around and trying to do something spectacular instead of just taking what the defense is giving you, which is something that, that Tom Brady is the best at. And, and some of the more traditional quarterbacks are drop back, get the ball out of your hand, like read the defense, find the open man, and get the ball out of your hands quick, quick release, you know, sub two and a half seconds, boom, the pass is, pass is gone, and you're getting completion, dink and dunk, yeah. if you have to, but that's what, if that's what the defense is giving you. Now, I don't know what it is, so I want to go back and look at the, the film and see if I can figure, figure something out or if that's what it looks like, but, um, yeah, there was yeah, just a little it, too one, much ad-libbing.
2: Yeah, one of the things that I, I noticed um, on that first touchdown to Kelsey um, and And this was something that the chiefs seemingly kept trying to do, trying to replicate a little bit was they have these long crossers that come from the far side of the field and and they either roll Mahomes out or he kind of shifts the pocket to to one side and he waits for that crosser to come all the way from the wide side of the field right and and expects to find a bubble in the zone that he can put in on that guy because. You're not, you're not covering Tyreek Hill all the way from the wide side of the field over. Right. It's very, very difficult. Kelsey as well is just a guy who's difficult to cover in space. And so he was waiting for those long crossers to come through. And they weren't coming through before the pressure got to him. And rather than change tactic and go to some of those quicker passes, it's like he kept waiting for those. Those long developing those long crossers to come, and Kansas City is very good at those. But Cincinnati was just really disciplined and getting their spacing, getting their zones right, and and recognizing that this was coming and having a guy in front of it, whether to like fully lock it down or at least just to make Mahomes nervous that he doesn't want to throw that because right. the guy's a little bit too close. Right. And I mean, Zach. Uh,
0: sorry, Travis bright. Kelsey is the best receiving tight end in the league. And he's bigger than yeah. everyone. Like why do you why not just run him on little six, eight yard hooks? Let him sit down in a zone or like beat his man, you know, his linebacker on a little slant or just in or something. Put him in
2: front like, of anybody. Right. Just run he him in front them of the zone
0: and yeah. You know nobody is stepping like, in front of him. <laughs> complete some shorter stuff. Now I thought they I liked the way they used um sorry. Hold on a second. I like the way they used Jarek McKinnon. I thought he was good, and and he was running the ball the well. Guard. Like he ran the ball twelve times for sixty five yards, so he was averaging five five and a half yards a clip. But even Clyde Edwards Hilaire was was you know he was six for thirty six, so averaging six yards. A, yeah, a, a how, run. how many so seven sure.
2: eight yard runs did they have in the first? Half? Uh, exactly. Like, but that's awesome. only
0: eighteen rushes.
2: Like, and then they just dried up in the second half.
0: Yeah. So I I don't know. I feel like. If they had eaten up the clock a little more and just sustained a couple of drives, like they could have done that in the second half. And I mean, if you look at the box go- now, so just to, just to touch on the quarterbacks, uh, Burrow was twenty three of thirty eight for two two fifty two touchdowns and an interception. Those are okay numbers, but you know they're not they're not world beaters. Um, Mahomes was twenty six of thirty nine for two seventy five three touchdowns and two interceptions. So you know if you just look at the numbers Mahomes played better than Burrow now that doesn't entire that doesn't tell the whole story obviously but um yeah, yeah definitely watching these these two quarterbacks play each other I, it feels like one of those maybe it wasn't quite the juggernaut game that Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes was but um i think Joe Burrow's in that that class of Guys, that that we're going to be watching for the next fifteen years and and be a sort of generational great. Yeah, he's going to I be agree. he's going to be great.
1: Well, um, Joe Burrow actually reminded me quite a bit of John Elway in a, in a lot of strange ways uh, against the Chiefs, in the sense that yeah, he threw a pick, but I don't I don't think that was a bad pick he threw. Frankly, uh, towards the sideline, it wasn't great, but well, but it was more his his grit, his kind of toughness. Like he had a couple of third down runs, third and six, third and seven down runs late in the game uh, that he picked up um for firsts and those were like those were angry runs up the middle they weren't uh you know bobbing and weaving towards the sideline he was thinking if i go up the middle if i don't get the first down i'm getting smacked i don't care i'm gonna get the first down so he yeah, had i got some grit
0: exactly i think the most impressive part about it for me was just that joe burrow hung you you know he can hang with patrick mahomes like patrick sure. mahomes is already a superstar he's done things in the first how many years has he been in the league five in his, in his five-year career that we've never seen before. He's got the big well, contract. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won an MVP, right? Burrow's only in his second year, and he was injured for most of last season. So as much as he looked good last season, we really didn't know what he was. So this is kind of – feels like this season was a coming-out party that, like, yeah, I'm here. I can hang with Patrick Mahomes, and we beat the Chiefs, and we're going to the Super Bowl. Like, this twice. is – Twice. Yeah, this twice is wild. Exactly. And, so and this just, is a big just, deal. I'll just, I'll just
1: throw in something from Phil. I think he said it on the podcast uh, around week eight or nine, maybe a bit later. Whenever Rogers started taking over the conversation for MVP, uh, my brother and I both thought Tom should be MVP this year, Brady. But I remember my brother saying, if you don't give it to Tom, the only other quarterback you should give it to is Burrow. I'm pretty sure Phil said it on this podcast. And at the time, I thought, ah, that's kind of cute. Like, he's having a good season, but, like, is he really that valuable? Like, that was way back midseason. But in retrospect... Joe Burrow I think absolutely his season up until the playoffs is worthy of MVP discussion and his 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 playoff season this year is worthy of MVP discussion as well.
0: Yeah I think listen, Burrow in the next very much seasons, is of seasons we might yeah. be talking about him in the in yes. the MVP discussion. And I so, wouldn't
1: be surprised in a few years if he doesn't overtake Mahomes in three, four years as, say, the best quarterback. I'm like, it's possible. <laughs> the only, and the only reason I say that is because I agree with you a thousand percent what you said earlier. Mahomes got off to the most unbelievable start ever. Uh, we, had, we didn't have the podcast a year ago, but my takes pretty much all of last uh, the previous year, 2020, up until the offseason, before they lost to the Bucs, was Pat Mahomes is on track to be possibly the best quarterback ever, and that includes Tom Brady. Like that's how good he was looking before he lost to the Bucks, uh, and then they started the season off in 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 a worse shape than the homes had looked. He had struggled yeah. with consistency this season, so I don't think he's going to be like that forever. I think he's going to be back to his electric Hall of Fame caliber self in no time. But
0: I, his I, book I, is I so so sh- it's yes. so new. Like he's got a decade to to write his story. Yeah. So let's. You but know, Mahomes let's Mahomes give him didn't make the super.
1: Sure, but what saying will say in, in, in further support of, of Burrow is he only played, what, like six, uh, six or eight games last year, played a full season this year, and he's in the Super Bowl in the second year. It took Mahomes yeah. till year three to get to the Super Bowl. That's how unbelievable Joey Burrow is. Joe, <laughs> so cool. That's how unbelievable <laughs> he is. In year two, he sweeps my Steelers, he sweeps the Chiefs, and he's in the Super Bowl.
0: You know what? I, I want to... I want to draw a, a little attention just to this era of the NFL and, and how, well, first of all, isn't it hilarious that Joe Burrow lost the starting quarterback job to Dwayne Haskins at Ohio state?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like four short years ago, which is, or something like that. Anyways, quite funny. Um, but you really have to look at this era of quarterbacking in a different light because of the way the game has changed and how it's played today and how well trained these quarterbacks are when they come into the league. And it does get a little bit silly how impatient everyone is with a quarterback to be the guy and put up really good numbers and carry the team so early. Like there's so much talk about on the rookie contract. You want to get these quarterbacks you want to draft them, and you want to take advantage of their rookie, con- rookie contract to build a Super Bowl team around them. Like, you're expecting these guys to be taking their teams to the Super Bowl inside of five years. That doesn't sound like such an insane statement in 2022, but when you look at the history of the NFL, that's wild, Look back at some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and look at their stats and look at how many years it took them of not playing particularly well. Look at their completion percentage. Look at their yards, their touchdown to interception ratios in their first five years. They were not very good. Go look at Elway's numbers. Not great. Terry Bradshaw was like a 48% passer the first three or four years of I his think career. he
1: has precisely one touchdown more than he has interceptions. I may be wrong on that, but I think Even it's something. From like his that. Career,
0: he's like a fifty five percent completion guy. The guy won what four five Super Bowls? Four Super four. Bowls? Four Super Bowls. Yeah. Like you know, we're we're spoiled. And so actually I was I was reading this in in um you know talking about Daniel Jones. And I think it was Peter King's column this week where he he compared Daniel Jones to, you know, John Elway and, I don't know, Eli Manning or something. And he's got better stats in his first three years – three years? Than either of those guys. So when you're looking in the scheme of things, and everybody's ready to run him out of town. So um, anyways, it's just – Well, but,
2: but that's, that's the thing. You look at a guy like Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, by all rights, even this year – on, on paper, does not have the personnel to be a Super Bowl team. And they definitely right. didn't when they drafted Joe Burrow. And yeah, he's certainly in, not helping the narrative, years, is he? <laughs> in two years, he pulled a franchise out of nothingness. Right. Yeah.
0: right. And then you've got the 49ers and the Tennessee Titans, who have great teams, and they're built like the 2000 Ravens or like the whatever, the 2006 Bears, I want to say. What year was it that Rex Grossman played in the Super Bowl? 06. 06, right? Yeah. Like, these teams with a great defense, a great team, and a quarterback that's, eh, you know? <laughs> and then you got the Niners this year with Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's like, you've got a Super Bowl team. And and we'll get into this with the Niners game, but it always feels like Jimmy gets, gets so much heat and sometimes vitriol because he hasn't played well enough. But when you step back for a second, he's a good quarterback. There were some lean years. We've all had lean years at quarterback.
1: <laughs> CJ okay. Beathard years. Are you talking
2: about? Yeah. Well, the Niners
0: <laughs> have had, you know, the who's who of quarterbacks and some lean years there, you know. And, and the Cowboys for sure had almost a decade there between Troy Aikman and Romo that was um, a who's who of who's. Right, and even the Steelers. Quincy Carter was their best. Yeah, I mean the Steelers like. had a, had a, a period there, kind of in the slash, um, it, you know, yeah, slash yeah. Ital era, <laughs> where yeah. it was O'Donnell. Him,
2: yeah, <laughs> the him and the who and the else? Cowboys. Right? Didn't
0: Tom Zach play for them for a couple of years? Or a little I'm bit sure, there. I'm sure. Yeah. Anyways, so you know, as a Niner fan, I I still I try to take a perspective that we're still blessed that like Jimmy G was a good quarterback, but in 2022, the team with a really well-rounded team and a great defense, it's not quite enough. If you don't have that wow quarterback, that franchise quarterback leading. Well, and and
2: I was telling you guys this um, after the games uh, yesterday, that when you look at the playoff bracket this year, I, I would say there is only one team that won any games without an X-factor performance towards the end of the game by their quarterback. And that's the 49ers. Right. Every other team that didn't have that extra play from their quarterback in the fourth quarter to take them that extra bit lost.
0: Right. And even the Bills, that wasn't enough. And that still Number one defense. defense. Number one defense and Josh Allen playing his balls off (laughs) yeah
2: and it still wasn't enough yeah so the fact that the 49ers actually won two games um is is impressive and it shows you what kind of talented team they have but it still shows you that value of that x-factor quarterback where i don't know that i would say that the bengals are at all as talented an overall team is what you have on the 49ers outside of the quarterback position.
0: Right. If we had Burrow, we're winning the Super Bowl.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: I agree. I think so. Uh,
0: well, that's why I think Jimmy gets so much heat. Is it not that he's a terrible quarterback? It's just that you've got this rabid fan base who's watching this team that is built so strong at so many positions. And it feels like it, they're held back by a quarterback who's just not great. You know? He's good, but he's not great. And they're one player away. Need, right? And it doesn't
2: matter if that player is not um intensely shit. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just That they're one player away, and he happens to be that. He happens to be that player, yeah.
1: And what sucks is like there are so there aren't many quarterbacks who are better than Garoppolo in the sense that there's maybe like ten or twelve tops that are better than Garoppolo in the league right now in terms of winning, in terms of contribution to the team. But so that's that's a pickle for you'd have people argue
0: with you about that. But yeah, yeah. Okay, let's
1: let's say let's say twelve, be conservative. But that's the pickle though. Is how does San Fran attract one of those twelve guys? A lot of those guys are. Like, they just signed long-term deals. They might still be on the rookie contract, or they might be older vets who are looking to retire or looking to stay where they are. No. Yeah. They so how does... I, I get that, but, like... well that's it. it we just... ter- That means we have to... We have to, the Niners at the bank on Trey Lance being a top-eight quarterback in the next two years.
0: Well, we defense, traded three firsts defensive. for him. Like, we don't have any firsts to trade for Aaron Rodgers or... Yeah. or Russell Wilson or whoever else is.
1: I would say, don't trade for Aaron Rodgers. You're fine. You're better. You're better I'm, with Jimmy. I'm he beat him, he beat him twice happy. in the playoffs. I just want to go.
0: I want to go back to the Tom Brady. Uh, you know, well, and and you know, float Bring that him and over. past him again. Yeah, maybe we've changed our our tune.
2: Well, I, what did what did I tweet uh, yesterday? That uh, Brady's not going to retire. He's just going to go play for the 49ers and then win a Super Bowl when he's forty nine years old. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, somebody else was mentioning, like, yeah, so they leaked this this rumor that he's going to retire. And then there was, there was people contesting that and saying, no, no, he, he hasn't made a decision yet, whatever. So, immediately, the, the tweets start flying around that he's going to play another five years out of spite just because somebody <laughs> preempted his retirement. I was going to retire, guys, but now that you leaked my news, I'm going to play five more years just because... <laughs>
2: Well, what kind of what, what was, was it? What learn, was but... it earlier this year or last year that Adam Schefter um, was was a little preemptive on his uh, on his hot take and and it kind of messed with Tom Brady. So there were some jokes flying around that it, Brady leak to this to Schefter just to mess just with him. him just make him look silly <laughs> <laughs> you uh, ruined my news last year so yeah, that's like, funny i'm going to i'm going to do this so, this year
0: <laughs> so all in all forget let i'm going to ask you about your feelings now guys how are you feeling about a, a bengal's super bowl the I, bengal's actually... being in the super bowl i mean chris i'm i'm are you yeah. okay with the bengal's going to the super bowl
1: yeah, I cheered for the Ravens in, in 2012 against the Niners. Of course I'm okay with it. I oh, cheered for
0: the Ravens. Gosh. What is wrong <laughs> well, with you? So I, 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 <laughs> you're I, the worst I, Steelers I, fan I, ever. In fairness, <laughs> I, cheer, I <laughs>
1: Well, so I've mentioned this a few weeks ago on the podcast, but um, I have no problem cheering for AFC North teams when they don't compete against the Steelers' interests, which is yeah, obviously you, so rare until the Steelers Yeah, you know what? Out. It's easier Except when for your the Browns. team
0: sucks, right? Like, well, when, when your team has no chance, teams. it's like... Yeah. Is it easier? Because I know for me, I can't root for the Rams. I I can't cheer for them in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry.
1: I can't. I can't. I can't cheer it's for the. It's too fresh.
0: They just beat the, us. They they the Browns, literally like directly yeah. took our spot in the Super Bowl. So I cannot cheer for them. Of I am course. cheering for the Cincinnati Bengals. If because
1: Pittsburgh, If Pittsburgh lost to the Bengals in the championship game, I would also be like, I can't cheer for the Bengals.
0: Right? That, it'd be too raw. My but feelings Pittsburgh, are hurt.
1: <laughs> Pittsburgh made the playoffs, but they were eliminated in week 10 anyways, let's be honest.
0: Yeah, uh, they, they so weren't going so I, anywhere. <laughs> I
1: kind of moved on from that anyways. Like I was kind of like, if they get past round one, that'd be a miracle. There's no way they get past round two anyways. No, that, they the were... Point.
0: They were a participation medal in the playoffs. I agree. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> but so for me, like,
1: the reason I don't mind cheering for the Ravens, for instance, is they're such a well-run organization from top to bottom. There's such a, like, a respectable organization. And I just, like, it's like a, it's like when you I have, get it. I get it. Yeah, you know what? Spain Listen, the if,
0: if the Rams were guys. not in my division, I, I would probably like the team because I like the players on the team. I like Stafford, I yeah. like Donald, like, there's, there's, you know, um, a Cooper Cup, right, like, I like the players that are on the team, I just can't root for them, I actually, cause, uh, because they're in my division, and they literally just took our spot in the Super Bowl, Yeah. so, yeah, no to the Rams, yes to the Bengals, like, I'm actually cheering, which is, I never thought I would see the day that I would cheer for the Bengals <laughs> in the Super Bowl, but that's where I am, um, and
2: I'm caught somewhere between you two because um, I, I will root for other NFC East teams uh, I mean when my team is out of it so you're right if it's a little too fresh that that's something um, but there, there's one veto I, I will I will never root for the Giants I thought you were saying Eagles. I thought you were Eagles. No, the, I I I will root the for the Eagles. <laughs> Eagles. I will root for the, the for the Washington football team whatever they happen to be called next year. The Falcons. Um, when I can't <laughs> wait. I know what they are when, when they're a good team uh, and when they're not playing Dallas and and when they're not directly pushing Dallas out of contention. Uh, I like those organizations for the most part. I don't like Eagles fans most Disgusting. of the time. <laughs> but giants i cannot root for ever it doesn't matter if dallas is out of it it doesn't yeah. matter what their organization looks like i yeah, I yeah. Know. As, a, as, aside,
0: as an aside <laughs> guys yeah that's fair I, res- I respect that that's so you've enjoyed like chris in era. chris
2: do you do you actually ever root for the browns
1: no, I, I said that earlier. That's the one team I wouldn't root for. I
0: mean, I <laughs> there the you go. That's the it's one, not team one, team. It's one team. <laughs> one team. For me it's it's Seattle. Yeah. I don't like yeah. anything about Seattle. I don't wish. I don't wish anything but ill upon. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we're supposed to be like an unbiased podcast here, and like, no I'm trying to be Jesus objective. That. And now you I got really me saying all Steeler's these awful logo. things about Seattle fans. Listen, Seattle fans, I don't, I don't hate you guys. You, you're all right.
1: he just hates the city and everything you represent. But besides that, you're fine. I
0: respectfully prefer that you lose. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But to, answer, to answer your <laughs> earlier prompt, though, uh, Nick, you're you're asking us to talk about emotion, and, and I think um, the best way to describe the emotion is just jubilance for the Super Bowl, just in general, because we were talking about it before we started recording tonight of how good the season's been, how great the postseason's been, and as I get older and I watch more, and I, I just I've seen more NFL history. I've seen great players retire. I've seen great players like start their legacy, like Pat Mahomes, you know, beginning his legacy um i've i've watched enough football where i'm at the phase now where i look at it back in time and i i think oh shit i used to watch games in four by three aspect ratio before they had 1080 phd like that's how long i've been watching games now but it i'm looking at it more and more uh like a narrative it's it i'm looking at it more and more like a story it's not just a a sport it's this is entertainment this is a tv show right so and it's, it's the best TV show there is. It's nothing but pure drama, pure human emotion. When, when the teams win, it's, you just it's, feel great.
2: Everyone's like that? I am exhausted from these I'm playoffs. energized. And I'm all energized. Of, just like all of the drama, all of the intensity of every game. It is exhausting yeah. in the best way. Absolutely in the best way.
0: Absolutely. But, you know, I'm so proud of you, Chris. It, it like warms my heart. It, it tick, tickles all my... It gives me all the feels that that you're maturing into such a, you know, mature young NFL fan. You're and like, it. you're not a boy anymore. It. The boy that well, became cause, the man.
1: Because <laughs> I, know, I know Pittsburgh's not going to scratch a Super Bowl win for another, like, five or six years, probably, because they need another quarterback. Because
0: but, but, Dwayne Haskins you know, is going to be starting?
1: <laughs> oh, he's he's going to lose the backup uh, role next year. He's not going to be
0: there. but Baker Mayfield. But yeah! Yeah! <laughs> But it's just, it's yeah, just like the teams the, don't trade inside the division, but, but the Browns will give you Baker. they
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get a Baker back and we'll give him Joe Hayden back six years later. But yeah. it's just, it's just the quality of the sport is so good. Um, the, and it's, it's also the reason, uh, why to bring it back to Enrage for a sec. It's the reason why I don't have an issue like <laughs> shitting on him so much because I would never say this to his face. I'm sure if I met him, I'd find, I would find a way We're to get, gonna get him run. on
0: the podcast.
1: I okay. I'd love that.
2: I'd actually love
0: that. I love that. I'm, a, I'm gonna
1: talk to our guy. I'm, I'm gonna make it happen. But
0: I'm gonna, but, I'm, gonna I'm gonna email like, him.
1: <laughs> when it comes when it comes to me talking about these athletes and these these pros, right? I don't have obviously I don't have any any connections. I have no insiders. I have, it's just it's just me watching them through it through a screen, right? So as far as I'm concerned, they're not real people. They're TV they're TV show characters. Yeah. So when I shit on Aaron Rodgers, it's it's me shitting on Joffrey Baratheon from Game of Thrones. Because that's who right. he is. Yeah. It's me shitting on Joffrey. Like, but it's but, not so a real person. What, it's not a real person. But that being said, it's still real emotion. Would a real what person love stick so
0: their bare foot in the camera to show you their coins?
1: Uh, caricature this yeah, year. I would say <laughs> like, I would say a, a satirical character would do that. Oh my and goodness! Aaron has become a parody of himself.
0: So
2: <laughs> he's an SNL skit. Oh my man, gosh! Right? Speaking
0: of which, did you see Peyton Manning on SNL this week?
2: No. A little bit. Yeah, that's great.
0: That Apparently he really Emily likes and Emily Paris in Paris. Uh, yeah, What's that? <laughs> yeah. He's he's big on Emily in Paris. Do we have much to say about the 49ers Rams? I mean, we've already kind of talked about it. I thought the, the Niners for the most part, here's my, my thoughts. quick thoughts on the game. We were up 10-7 going into the half. I felt like that was... was it? Do I have that right? Hold on. Yeah, we were up 10-7 going into the half. I it's feel funny. like the Rams outplayed us pretty, pretty, um, I, I don't know, decisively in the first half. So for us to go into the half with a lead, I thought was, it, I was elated. I thought it was um, a little bit excellent, yeah, lucky, like we, it was a great spot to be in. The fact that we had managed to get some timely turnovers and uh, stop them, you know, they missed a field goal, I think. So we, we got some stops at the right time in the right place on the field and we managed to get in there with a with a big play and a lead at half. But if you look at the, the game as a whole, they did outplay us. Like they we were not downs, really they had
2: way more yeah, possession.
0: Exactly. Way more device. first downs, more passing yards, more total yards, more rushing yards. Like our rushing our rushing game was basically shut down. Debo averaged less than four yards a carry. He only got the ball seven times. Eli Mitchell got the ball eleven times, and he averaged one point eight yards per carry. Like we could not run the ball. Outside of Debo's one big play where he essentially did it all himself, um, we didn't move the ball very well. So, um, yeah, I'm looking. We had more penalties. We punted five times. They only punted once. Our third down conversions were not very good. Our time of possession was terrible. At the end of the day, they outplayed us. So it sucks. I mean, when you're up 10 points going into the fourth quarter, you expect to win the game. And the numbers, if you look back at history, are overwhelming that teams with a 10-point but two-digit lead in the fourth quarter win. So it sucks that, you know, we lost this ten point lead and got eliminated and we don't get to go to the Super Bowl. It sucks even more because this is what happened when we were when we played in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago against the, the Chiefs. We were up ten going into the fourth and we ended up losing it and and you know, getting beat at the end of the game. So um and, and unfortunately it
2: was um visible the difference in quarterback play partic like it was It was exaggerated at the end of the game. It did not feel like Jimmy had an answer to anything. And it really felt like Stafford started to exert his will on the game. It felt like he he stepped up. He went into a different gear. And you could see that. And Jimmy just kind of stagnated. Uh,
0: Well, and there's certain quarterbacks that are good under pressure. And I don't mean the pressure of the end of the game and you need to make a big play. I mean, when the pass rush gets to you, they're good. Their numbers yep. are good. Jimmy is not one of those quarterbacks. When the pass rush gets to him, his numbers are not very good. So, it, it honestly, the fourth quarter looked to me like we didn't, have any, we didn't have the time of possession through the first three quarters to keep our defense off the field. And our defense was good for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, they ran out of gas, and the Rams started moving the ball, and they scored thirteen points and, and squeaked out the win. So
2: now you know one person that I I really kind of feel bad for is uh, Dukowski Tart.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah, that could have really I mean, changed
0: the game. That, that that felt like it could have iced it.
2: That had us. I, the I think it. Yesterday. I think it would have. It was. It was as much a shot at closing the game out as as possible right then and there. And it was a gimme. And he's not the only DB who's ever dropped a gimme interception. Uh, I mean, I think Jimmy threw uh, at least two, if not three, gimme interceptions at the Rams early in the game that they didn't
0: take him up on. Even late in the game, after that tart drop, yes, uh, (laughs) like Ramsey (laughs) dropped one right right in his chest and he probably would have taken it to the house so so
2: so tart is not the only one to have this happen to him it's just i feel bad for him when it happened what it meant for the team he came into the press conference after the game and and completely owned up to it and said you know as players you dream of having the opportunity to make a play like this and and i was visualizing making plays like this before the game and when it came time i just i didn't do it i didn't get it done um but you know a guy like that man like twitter was just a cesspool cesspool of vitriol aimed at him
0: and yeah that's too bad i mean hey, he didn't lose the game for us no it was a team effort i mean yeah one play does stick out and this is what i was trying to kind of that the sentiment i was trying to convey about jimmy is that as much as Jimmy, you know, there's lots of, of really focused anger and blame that goes towards Jimmy. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a team effort, and Jimmy's not as bad as, as the criticism would, would have you believe. Um, you know, same way Tar dropped played worse. Yes.
2: He's played and, worse. Even previously in this season, he's had worse games. This was not a really bad game for him. It just wasn't enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, and same way, Tart just yeah, he dropped a, a really key interception, but it that wasn't the reason we lost. So, anyways, on to the next one. Get ready for next season. That's it.
2: The, the okay.
0: Trey Lance. yeah, the Trey Lance era, and hopefully, he. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I'm 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 not sure what to think about him yet. I'm not sure what to think about the expectations that are going to be put on him.
1: Well you guys. Hope lost everyone's of... patient.
0: He's still your gonna guys... have some growing pains. He I, I hope
1: loss of Jimmy G is our game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh yeah, fork over a first round pick. He's yours. <laughs> All right. Do we want to let's let's talk uh we don't have to talk too long about this, but coaching carousel. The uh there's lots of openings. I think there was nine openings. Nine coaches were fired this year, which seems like a lot. So four positions. Oh, um, build as far John as John Payton know. retired. Oh, that's right. But, yeah, no, nope, so he, he didn't get fired. But yeah. Um. Anyways, there's lots of coaching openings. I think four of them have been filled, and there is five remaining. Uh. Hold on a second. I'm just looking this up here. I want to see who's interviewing it's, for what.
2: It, it's too bad um, Phil isn't here to to speak his mind on this. But um, honestly, I'm 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 very negative on the uh, Josh McDaniels uh, going to the Raiders. I don't think that's a good move. I'm surprised that they. Wouldn't have gone with Harbaugh. I think uh, he's proven his stripes far more. Or Besacchia, or Besacchia. Yeah, like I, I, would have stuck with Besacchia, or I would have gone to Harbaugh. I, I don't yeah. think I, I would have even looked at Josh McDaniels. Apparently, he had just an epic, like, four-hour dinner meeting uh, with with Mark Davis and impressed insanely. Um, I
0: mean, I think that's okay. That's I'm not surprised by that. The guy got hired at the age of what 30 to coach the Denver Broncos. That went epically bad. (laughs) Then he uh, stood up the, the Colts at the altar, which again, epically bad. I don't understand, personally, how this guy keeps getting interviews to be a head coach. Like, at what point have you just burned bridges to the point where nobody wants to touch you?
1: And on top of that, the track record of uh, Patriots' assistants as head coaches elsewhere is not good. Outside of Brian Flores.
0: And even then. which
1: But he had a winning record. Which of them had a winning record outside of Brian Flores?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you, but I just know they're not very good, right? There's been, <laughs> but, there's been a, a, a whole lot of them that have not done very well. But then the other guy that's getting interviews all over the place this offseason is Gerard Mayo.
1: Yeah, former uh, former Pats linebacker great. great.
0: Um, and I he's coaching like, for them right now, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's their... Yeah, he's, he's a linebacker a DC. coach. Or no, he's yeah. Is he their DC?
1: Oh, their DC is technically Bill, but like they have a DC in name as well. Right. Who helps out quite a bit, but... But no, I think uh, with Josh McDaniels, I've been critical of him in the past, very hyperbolically, as is my brand here. But uh, I think with Josh McDaniels, I think I compared him before to a slightly better Adam Gase, <laughs> which is maybe <laughs> maybe unfair. Which may be unfair, but, but I think Josh McDaniels has a track record that's a little dubious when his quarterback is not named Tom Brady. Like his time in Denver was obviously terrible. No, um, I
0: don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I'm mean, gonna I'm gonna challenge you on that a little bit. I mean, he drafted Tim s- Tebow and he went to the playoffs. So, well, so, so
1: <laughs> but here, that's the thing. That first season when he was in Denver, they went they started off six and zero, and then they missed the playoffs. It became, if not the first, one of a very few handful of teams to start off six and zero and miss the playoffs. Right? Um, I don't think you could chalk that up to immaturity, a lack of experience back then. That was also way ahead of. This new wave of wonder kids kind of brought bring getting brought, getting yeah. brought in, yeah. ushered by Sean McVay. But um I think McDaniels, he's a good offensive coordinator. I don't know if he'll be a great head coach because a lot of the reports I read into the last couple of years is he's also very combative and very stubborn. Like we've seen videos across the years of him getting into fights with, with Tom Brady. And as far as I'm concerned, there's not a human on earth who can argue with Tom Brady when it comes to the offense. <laughs> there isn't. And yet Josh McDaniel, like Josh McDaniels is fiery, so so power to you, right? But
0: I, I, I don't think that's is, such a bad thing for a head coach.
1: No, but my concern is again, no. But come across this area, that's not Yes, yes. My concern is: is he going to be able to win that locker room over? Because not the other reason why I was saying his his tracker is a, a little dubious as OC is because his offenses are generally fairly sophisticated and usually thick playbooks. Right? They're usually very heavy on terminology, and they're very they're advanced. Right? They're not something you can plug in a rookie quarterback. It's a good thing he has Derek Carr for that, which is going to be awesome. But he has limited success with people not named Tom Brady. Mac Jones this year, he was okay. Ended up looking like a rookie towards the end. Cam Newton was bad, but how much that is on Cam Newton? Probably a lot more. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is his last chance to stick as a head coach. because He's still pretty young. He's like 45, 46, maybe 48. I don't know. But Oh, um, he's
0: not that old. Come on. He's how in old his mid-40s.
1: 45, 6 probably. No! Uh, in that range. He was 32 when he was hired by the Broncos in 2009. I'm
0: going to fact or check you. 2010,
1: whatever it was. 2010. I don't know, but
0: I'm going to fact check you. How old is Josh McDaniels? Josh McDaniels was born in 1976.
1: He's 45. Okay. Yeah, that might be my first guess. 45. <laughs> but anyways, 40, just,
0: 48. Come on. I said right. 45. <laughs> is. Anyway, Chris, the, Chris, the viewers know. Cool, cool it. Okay, we don't need to talk for 20 minutes about Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Fair He's not worth that. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> the Raiders. Had something good with Bissachia. then they started talking about Harbaugh, and instead they went with Josh McDaniels. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: definitely agree with that. Unfortunately,
0: that really seems like a, a Davis
1: different.
2: kind yeah. of choice. You know? Um,
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I agree with the fact that he's probably impressive. He got a job when he was thirty-two. He's you know Bill Belichick you know, a talk. guy. He's won Super Bowls. He's—I mean—his resume is great. He got the job with the Colts. He impressed enough to get another job. Like I'm sure he's a very impressive, you know, guy to sit there and listen to him talk football. So we shall see the Josh McDaniels experience or experiment, I should say. Um. All right. So we we know about that. We already know the Chicago. Yeah, Chicago already hired their head coach. Yeah, yep. and Denver with Hackett. The the uh-huh. more recent
2: rumors that I've been hearing is that um, Harbaugh is still interested in coming to the NFL, but now yeah. he's shifted focus to the Vikings.
0: Yeah. Oh. Okay. Interesting. Well, they got a new GM, so we'll see if he goes and and uh, like it's not Rick Spielman Rick Spielman anymore. It's no. He had Dofo Mensa, so yeah. he's a young guy um uh,
2: apparently really well respected and and a little bit more um kind of on the analytics side of things Yeah. the Browns organization okay so kind a lot of, shifting, of people speak yeah. really highly
0: of him that's cool that's cool we'll see how that goes um oh one more thing about that the so the the Raiders hired McDaniel's but they also took the Patriots top personnel guy what's his name As Ziegler idea, right Ziegler yeah Yeah, so McDaniels left and poached the the personnel guy from the Patriots. So the Patriots, actually, that's a bigger hit for the Patriots than anything else. Mm -hmm. They're losing two of their top guys. Uh, The Giants hired Brian Dable and Joe Schoen as general manager. So Dable, I don't actually know a whole lot about Dable.
1: I think Joe Schoen was the was one of the executives at, at Buffalo as well in the personnel department. So they also brought him yeah,
0: in. Yeah, right? Oh, and Brian Dable he, is Canadian born. How about yeah, that? From that. Uh, Welland, Ontario. Oh my goodness, Welland, the booming metropolis of Welland, Ontario.
1: <laughs> okay, if you say that, our American listeners will actually believe you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welland is like, uh, <laughs> yeah, an igloo at a you know. <laughs> <laughs> the town hall is an igloo. It's not actually America. <laughs> we, we don't live in igloos up here. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's cool. I mean, I know he's highly respected and coming out of the Bills organization that has uh, turned itself around in the last few years. I'm not surprised that their coaches are uh, hot commodities. I think he's a good coach. I, I hope for his sake um, that the Giants –
2: Uh, are are patient with both those guys because at least my level of understanding of the uh, personnel and cap issues and contract issues that the Giants find themselves in right now, yeah, they are – it is one of the most difficult situations.
0: Yeah. No, I think they have like 55 million in dead cap that they have to manage over the next – little while and showing i guess when he came in his his initial press conference or or interview was basically addressed it head-on was like i want to get this cleared up in the next year i don't want to carry this in 2023 so it sounds like next year is going to be a year of cleaning up that dead cap and and basically cleaning up Gettleman's mess which means next year may not Who like we'll see what they look like next year i also read that they're they are going to give daniel jones the opportunity to keep the job like they're not going to move on from daniel jones they're coming in expecting and hoping that he can turn into the long-term solution at quarterback so you got to look at it from this perspective as as much criticism as, as can be laid on daniel jones um and i think i said it earlier like it i don't was i don't can't remember whether i said this on the podcast or offline but his stats over the first three years of his career, or four years. No, he's three years in, isn't he? Yeah. Um, they're better than, I think, John Elway and Eli Manning. So, you know, perhaps a, little, yeah, <laughs> uh, perhaps a little patience is the right approach here. And the other part of this equation is look at the quarterbacks that had one head coach and one coordinator for their first four years, and then look at the quarterbacks that have had multiple head coaches and multiple coordinators. Mm. Baker Mayfield has had multiple head coaches, multiple coordinators. He hasn't really panned out. He hasn't lived up to expectations, right? Daniel Jones it, it, has had multiple head coaches and multiple coordinators. He really hasn't lived up to expectations. We've seen this year in and year out. The guys that get jumped from different system to different system and, and you know. It, it's something
2: that I, I've always kind of referred to as, as the Alex
0: Smith effect.
2: Because yeah. I think I think he had five different offensive coordinators in his first four years,
0: right? Right. And it's so like you,
2: you a can't little patience like
0: and a little continuity might actually bring the best out of him. So uh, yeah. So what? Your And I don't in. think we'll, we'll he's see. the biggest problem that they have. No, I don't think so. either. I think their roster needs needs work, top to bottom.
1: That's a terrible roster. It's one of the worst in the league for
2: sure.
0: So the. Uh, who else is hiring for head coach? Uh oh, we already got through there. We already got through the there. Dolphins, the Dolphins that nobody
2: wants to go yeah, to.
0: The Dolphins, nobody wants to go there. The Texans. So the Texans have, have interviewed Flores twice.
1: Stay away. Stay away.
0: Jonathan <laughs> Stay. Gannon twice. He's the Eagles defensive coordinator. Joe Lombardi, the, the Chargers offensive coordinator, he interviewed. Josh McCown.
1: I love has, that. Has
0: had two interviews.
1: He interviewed last year too.
0: Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator, has interviewed twice. And Heinz Ward, who is currently the special assistant to the head coach at Florida Atlantic University, also interviewed.
1: <laughs> I love Heinz. I remember a couple of years ago, I saw him yeah, on the Jets game, like, what's you doing there, man? You're
0: just scraping no. the bottom of the barrel to yeah. get somebody there. So that, I,
1: that is the worst job I mean, in the NFL, the Texans job. Who's going to take
0: that? The Jacksonville Jaguars have interviewed everybody. Yeah. And... Uh, including Bill O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> the Dolphins Can you interviewed a bunch of people. After
2: a year of Urban Meyer, if they tried to hire Bill O'Brien, the fans oh, revolt. Know.
0: I know, they'd revolt. So the Dolphins, it sounds like Mike McDaniel and Kellen Moore are the two finalists. So the Cowboys offensive coordinator and and, and the 49ers offensive coordinator.
1: I don't like um, Kellen Moore. To the Dolphins, I don't think he's ready yet. I,
0: I do, I do, because I don't want to lose Mike McDaniel. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're right,
2: Chris. I, I don't, I don't know that I believe Callum Moore is, is there yet. Um, I, I think his offense got exposed a little bit this year in terms of scheme, and and um, defenses started to kind of figure things out, and he struggled a little bit. I, I'm not sure that. I'm high on him getting a head coaching job. Um, as an OC in Dallas, I'm, I'm okay with him retaining him. I, I think he's uh, smart enough, and he's a guy that can develop. But uh, I think it's I think it's a year too early, at least for for a team to pull him into a head coaching job. But you never know what the what the Dolphins are going to do yeah you really
0: don't you really don't I just the interesting thing for me this thing that stood out for me is that Flores is not getting interviewed by everybody so as impressive as we thought his tenure in uh, Miami was and how he made the best out of a bad situation it doesn't appear that everybody thinks as highly of him so he's I think he's only gotten two interviews two interviewed with two different teams don't know whether he is not interested in the other jobs, but he's interviewed twice with Houston, so you'd think he would take interviews with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as as highly touted as Eric Bieniemy has been in years past, he's only interviewed with one team. So, I don't know. For what it's worth. So, yeah. That's all I got. Um, Super Bowl picks. Do we want to uh- go there?
1: I would say we should wait until maybe like the Friday before the Super yeah. Bowl.
0: You wanna um, you wanna wait and we can we can kind of soak in yeah, the, all I the do. Super Bowl coverage for another week.
1: I do. I also want to just like I I want to like look and watch the players and the coach at a Media Week. I want to kind of overanalyze and psychoanalyze the response. Yeah, and cool. I'm good at
0: that. Let's. let's uh, I want to I, I want to
2: go back and watch some some of the L22 footage. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and, right. and
2: really kind of break it down and. See where we're
0: at. All right, we'll put a pin <laughs> in that one. Can I just say, though, that that these are two, um, two of my least favorite uniforms <laughs> in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Tiger stripes have no place on on a football uniform. Sorry, Cincy.
1: Well, red and orange have no place on the same field together. So if they played and, the Niners, that would have been ugly again.
0: And... Well, okay. I don't care if the teams match, but <laughs> <laughs> but but the other part of this is latex and two tone numbers have no place on a football <laughs> uniform either.
2: So, <laughs> honestly, if the Rams had just stuck to the clean blue and yellow, love the and, colors, and a, white, yeah. a white, not not a bone white, whatever, dirty if they had just stuck with the the exact blue that they have the yellow and white it would have been a clean uniform i don't think they need the
0: weird latex coverage and and the two-tone that just the two-tone numbers bother me and yeah the latex i don't think it it doesn't add, it's weird it doesn't add anything to the uniform but that's just me i like the colors I, I have a little pet about the nicest thing uh, I can say about the Rams right now.
2: <laughs> any any of the NFL teams that have the the number the numbers graphics changed, tweaked just a little bit to somehow fit with their their branding, with the actual shape of the numbers. And I, I mean I'm looking yeah. specifically at the Vikings. Yeah. That bothers me that is a personal pet peeve of
0: mine i don't know what
2: it is but oh it looks no i agree with and terrible
0: yeah. the vikings <laughs> the titans the, the buccaneers There there's a few of them that have these weird numbers not not a big fan just put clean numbers on on the uniform the bears have great numbers but Absolutely. then, even if you just go normal, like those are a bit stylized as well. But honestly, just uh, like Colts. the Cowboys, the Niners, just the Colts, normal yeah. numbers.
1: I love, I love Pittsburgh's uniforms, but I wish they went back to their seventies, like block letters. I wish they they had the they have a throwback. They were in the last two seasons now. It's just the block letters. It's the best uniform they have. It looks amazing. Hmm.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, I think that's ending on a high note. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. This was fun, and let's figure out what we want to talk about next week. I think there's going to be lots. Let's digest some of this media coverage. Let's get into Super Bowl prep, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back at it next week with some predictions for the Super Bowl. And it, maybe we should make some, some – we'll pick winners, obviously, but maybe we should make some you know, hot take predictions on the game and how it's going to go. Sounds good. Definitely. We could also make some picks on what songs are going to be performed at halftime. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, take it easy. Be well. So nice, son. You